Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Huck and Ride podcast presented by Kenda Tires. And this is Jason Simpson, your host, along with my co-host, Lala. And Lala, we are um, a little bit off the grid this week. Definitely. And we'll, we'll talk about our guests in just a minute. I want to take a quick second and thank all of our listeners for continuing to listen because we have definitely had our technical difficulties over over the first several episodes and we're learning as we go technical difficulties are just plain mess ups we're oh, trying we, we're yeah, good we've, we've done whatever but people have continued to listen so we appreciate you listening um whether you're listening on the link available on our instagram or spotify apple um make sure that you like us on there share it with your friends let people know. Write get some the reviews. word out there. Yep. Write some reviews. Get the word out there. Lala, why don't you introduce our two guests that we have this week? Well, we actually had to pin them down to begin oh, with. <laughs> he was kind. He's kind of in demand, you know. Uh, we got everyone knows him as Mr. R. L. Randy Lawrence, and with him we've got the Mini, su- Mini Lawrence. Mini. <laughs> Mini R. L. Mini R. L. Um, who. We have come to known from the mountain bike side of it. So, uh, Ryder, yeah. Yeah, we got Ryder out here. So, welcome, guys. Thanks for being guests and thank you for letting us invade your space. Thanks for coming out camping with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryder, uh, why don't you give us your age? I'm um, 14 years old. 14. And so, what grade does that put you in? Uh, I'm in ninth. Okay, so just started high school? Yep. All right. And you just started racing mountain bikes, what, in the last year, year and a half? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first race was May last year. May of 2020? Yeah. So, yep. right, co- COVID happened. Yeah, and the first big bear. Uh, post, post-COVID yeah. hitting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And uh, what class are you racing? Uh, right now I'm 13, 14. Um cat two next year i'll be 15 16 cat one okay so that means you get to uh st- well no that's it's the same it's 15 it's 13 14 junior men or 15 16 junior men unless you decide you want to be u18 oh, okay so right. just at 13 we didn't want to put them into the u18 yeah they're, they're a lot bigger at that point so <clears throat> next year he's grown a lot so we'll see whether he stays the 15 16 yeah i don't know or, if i or if, moves from when I first saw Ryder, I don't know if I'd recognize him if I saw him, like, outside no. of the bike world right now. Well, yeah, and we see people – well, we went to the to Woodward for a Nitro Circus contest and the Old School BMX reunion a couple of weeks ago, and people didn't even recognize him because yeah. he'd grown like a foot. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so that means if you if you do move up to Cat 1, you get to race maybe some harder courses and stuff at, yeah. when when they have that available, at, at, depending on the venue. So. Yeah. Cool. Let, let's be real. Did you, did you already jump on some of those courses and try them out already? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, just been riding my courses and. Do you look at the other ones like, thinking like, yeah, oh, I, I could do that? Yeah, I'll walk them a little bit. Nice. That's good though. That that shows you what you're what you're going into. Mm-hmm. What's been your favorite uh, race so far that you've done uh, downhill? Probably Windrock, Tennessee. Nice. I like that just because it was pretty big. Uh, had some big jumps and. Nice course, yeah. and that one they it was, it was the same course for whatever. Right, course. yeah, everyone Always. ran the same yeah. course. So yeah, 
all the pros were on the same thing. Did that you, they did you were get ready. nervous when it got started raining? Because that uh, place becomes a slip and slide. I was a little bit nervous just because uh, I got one practice run in the mud and I fell. And then one guy came up there afterwards after he raced and said it was perfectly fine. And then at first I was nervous and then I realized it was good and just started going fast. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we have a fair weather rider in, yeah, amongst never... the four of us. Never been a fair weather rider. He's seen a few drops come down. He's like, yeah, I'm not racing. All of a sudden he comes out and he's the kids are like, coach, what's up? He's like, not changed anymore. He's like, ooh, I rode in this in the mud. And then it ended up really good that he actually yeah, thought about, maybe yeah. I should ride. So no, fair weather I, rider. I had here. made up my mind because I did Tennessee a couple years ago when it was pouring rain. And I was absolutely miserable, like the most mis- miserable I've ever been on a downhill bike. <laughs> and I decided if it started raining there, I was out. Like, I just made up my mind, I'm not racing. Because I don't have to, right? I'm yeah. coach, I'm 52. No one, yeah. no one cares, except for me. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they, they acted like they cared when I was changed out of my gear. but They oh, did. Yeah. They wanted you to race. They liked seeing you do I'm it. I'm good. I made up my mind, <laughs> and I was con- I was perfectly content drinking Sponsorless coffee. Sponsorless stays the same. Yeah. Right? Drinking well, coffee I'm the, down I'm, the pits. I'm the best sponsor person because I go so slow. You can read the logos on my tires, oh, yeah. right? Like, why do you guys want to pay for these fast guys? I, I got you, you know? <laughs> right? Just stay slow. <laughs> go, go slow. Don't go fast. You'll get everybody. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> so, Randy, let's go. Uh, Randy has a long history that some of you may not know um, on two anything two wheels, really. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. If it's been two wheels, I like it. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So when did you, where did you get started on, on uh, if I remember right, you started with BMX well, mainly? I mean, growing up, like when I was really little, we, our whole family had motorcycles. Okay. <clears throat> and then early 80s, which I'm old, so that's okay. Early 80s, I saw a BMX magazine that had the BMX freestyle team in it. And, uh. It was like R.L. Osborne and Mike Buff, and I was like, those bikes are sick. So it was time to ride freestyle. So I sold my YZ80, and I bought a freestyle bike, and I actually rode flatland freestyle for like five years. I rode skate parks at the same time, um, like the pipeline, like yep. King of Skate Parks contest and things like that, um, and then got into street. But quickly, at the end of the 80s, as 1990 was rolling around the the BMX freestyle industry died. I mean 85, 86, 87 it was huge. Yeah. Like unbelievable. Yeah. <clears throat> and it just died so there was nothing and and uh with our family being in motocross and and riding motorcycles forever my younger brother had turned pro 89. So I ended up going to some races and like helping him just I was his mechanic. Okay. I didn't really know a ton, but he rode for Pro Circuit, and the guys at Pro Circuit helped me learn a lot about the bikes and splitting cases and transmissions and just kind of doing everything. So then that moved it, moved me over into working in the moto industry. Okay, and you were pretty much uh, Southern California based. I mean, you guys. Mm-hmm. Were, yeah, we've yeah. always been so. Well, I guess younger, like when I was like nine, we moved to Arkansas for a little while. Okay, but. Other than that, we were okay. We were SoCal. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was it was definitely the the scene. Um, I think we're right about the same age, and I remember 
those years you're talking about the BMX in the in the mid '80s. I mean, I would always, you know, I was never into racing BMX. Rode, I rode and did all that mm-hmm. for fun, but going to you know um, the the fair and stuff and seeing Gail Webb, you know, set yeah. up at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, were you doing those those events at that time, or? Um. I was doing shows. I was writing contests. I was kind of doing really whatever, you know, I was traveling a bit. Um, I had a little bit of help from a couple sponsors, um, like 88, 89-ish. Okay. Um, kind of just before it, like, hit. Okay. And nobody was making money. Yeah. Um, so I actually, so working in the moto industry and starting to help my brother, I went to Mammoth to help him. Okay. In 1989, I rode the Gal Webb show. In Mammoth in 1989 oh, wow. with a few th- like Eddie Fuel and like Danny Hubbard, who was announcing Supercross the last few years, and <coughs> um, a couple of the other guys that they're still actually around kind of doing things. And uh, and then fast forward however many years, and that five years old writer started doing Gail Webb shows, and he rode with her until, you know, just recently, and she just doesn't run the shows anymore. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome that she, I mean, that's a huge undertaking just for her to keep doing that for that oh, many years. Oh, yeah, she did it forever. Yeah. And, I mean, she helped so many kids oh, in yeah. action sports, like not just bicycles. But no, yeah, I remember seeing the, <clears throat> the skateboarders, yeah. you know, Everybody. inline skates, yeah. all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that that's awesome. Cool. But when you were growing up, did you ever think, like, you were going to stay in the, like, oh, this is, you know, because you, you think, what am I going to be in life, right? And then here you're like, everything has to do with two wheels. and. Well, it's funny you say that in... When you're a senior, you always do like, where are you going to be at in 10 years? My answer was, at the pipeline catching air. So <laughs> I think I had a, I, all the pipeline closed down, yeah, like it yeah. was gone. But we're doing that. But here I am, you know, 54 years old, and, you know, I'm still trying to do flips and stuff on my BMX bike and riding mountain bikes with him and, you know, race a couple downhills this year and race dual slalom this year. And yeah, I've seen you on the podium. Where are you going? Uh, just... I'm really just trying to have fun with it, you know, enjoy it. Like when none of us are getting any younger and, you know, as long as I can ride bikes and enjoy it and do it with my kids. Yeah. It's good. What yeah. about you, Ryder? You, you like, you like that your dad, uh, you get to follow in his footsteps of stuff like that. Do yeah. You, do you look up to him like, oh my God, my dad did this and mm-hmm. now what you're doing? Yeah. It got me to ride with all the bigger guys and pros. Yeah. Good. when I was little. And, and, and still. And tell us, what was the first time you were on on, on two wheels? What did you do? Uh, one thing I remember, I was, I was like two years old or something, going down one of our streets and speed wobbled and hit my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you get up and, like, cry or did you get up and, like, I don't remember. Do yeah. Yeah, so. I bet, wait, yeah, go, let, before we go or, through yeah. this, I bet you your mom didn't let him forget this. No, she was <laughs> Just like. Just letting you know. She was like, fine. She's always been like really good with, you know, him crashing and, you know, doing what he's done over the years. She's, she's been pretty good with the situations. Um, but yeah, he was two years old. Um, Alan Cook was the brand manager at Haro at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he built Ryder a custom balance bike. He made an aluminum frame that had standing platforms. And this is when balance bikes just first came out. So yeah. they didn't have all the cool stuff yet. Right. And he made a custom one for Ryder, and they used it on their, like, blog and some different things. And uh, we got home, and he was ripping down the hill, speed wobbled, 
kind of pulled it back in to control, but I couldn't like reach out and help him. Like I was on my bike next to him. He swaps out, crashes, breaks the helmet, visor, scraped up, shoulder, like one of those ones where you're laying on the couch, like whining, like, Ugh. oh yeah. An hour later, he's like, can we go to the dirt jumps? <laughs> <laughs> Was it Scott? And uh, these little ones, they're not, they're, they're gone now, but they were just some rollers, yeah. you know, yeah. down off Scott Road here and he wanted to go down there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. another thing I remember. In one of his old cars, he just had a picture of me uh, with a Fox shirt, Mohawk, and on my balance <laughs> bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's there you go, living the dream. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Though. But and, and isn't it cool to have parents that allow you to do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that's. That's rad. And about what about your mountain biking? Where what what do you remember? What's your best podium? What what where are you at with that? What are you thinking? What do you want to do? Um I for sure want to do mountain biking like the rest of my life. And then yeah, I've podiumed every race and just hopefully I can keep doing that. And we were talking earlier, you have a chase. So are you chasing that person to be able to get your times faster? Yep. Sweet. That's like awesome. That. We won't tell who that is. That's yeah, yeah. Shh. Yeah, you got to keep that <laughs> Well, on the he's not low. chasing me anymore. I'm chasing. It's I'm really, not chasing oh, yeah. at this it's point. It's really me because, yeah. you know, I go slow with yeah. it. <laughs> no, exactly. No, but that's, that is it. It keeps you going. It keeps you going faster. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to, I always say like, because running the, the team, the T3 team, you know, I would ask Cole Suedos, like who's, you know, and, and. And even when we had Bruce Klein on, you know, they always had that person. But of course, there's always that pro out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. you ain't there. You gotta, you gotta reel it in, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's and that's got what you always got to remember. Like, and you you stepping up in the next age category. Fortunately, you get faster, but so do they, you know. So you always put yourself in having dad as a a coach. I know it's got to be frustrating sometimes because it's still dad and yeah. a coach. So <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit. Um... And I, I, I train moto guys, so, like, right. working with them and, you know, they deal with their dads. And I always talk to the, obviously, I'm involved with the whole family. And they're just like, he just won't listen to me anymore. You know, we got to a point where he just, he's not listening, he's not this. I feel like our di- mind and writer's dynamics a little bit different because of what I do do right. for a living. And, and, yeah. and it's actually my job to help other riders be successful at a career racing and performing. And uh, being able to do that, you know, under the pressure and, you know, all those things. So, yeah, sometimes he's like, he doesn't really want to hear it. But I th- I feel like there's a good respect between us. And I got to find that balance and check myself, too, to where I can kind of keep it more fun for him. You know, because working with Moto, like, they're all in. Like, there's not a kid that's not homeschooled that's not grinding for days a week at the track, you know, on bike training, off bike training, like they barely have time to do their homeschool, which yeah. mom usually does most of that for all of them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but with Ryder's over there taking notes. Mom I know. He's doing like, homework. <laughs> yeah, earlier when mom I was riding, homework. when I was riding earlier, uh, right before I came back, I was talking to the twins about being homeschooled. I said, I'll make a deal because my parents want me to be homeschooled. And I'll just tell them, all right, if I'm homeschooled, then they got to do my homework. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to happen, but. <laughs> but you're thinking that. That's but, even more smart. <laughs> but no, like I was saying, like the balance, like for mountain biking and, you know, I raced back in the day a little bit, like the, the dynamics a little bit different. And if you look at a lot of the like upper level mountain bike guys, they have pretty long careers. Yeah. And they do it for a very, very long time. They do it at a very high level for a long time. And there's not as many races as there is in moto. Like, moto's all year round. Like, mm-hmm. they never get a break. Right. So I have to find that balance to be like, okay, he can, you know, kind of have a little bit of time where we're not just grinding. Well, not only you know. that, you got to find the time to still be father and son, not coach and, and writer, you know. And And that's, you know, again, on my side, like, that's where I think we're pretty good because, like, when we go to Woodward, we're riding our bikes together. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's hanging cool. out. That's a cool factor. <laughs> you I know, think. and you know, riding the dirt jumps and and doing this and doing that. Now, backtrack two weeks. He had the uh, the Nitro Circus Junior World Games at Woodward. So when we're up there, you know, coach does kick in. Yeah. And be like, okay, make sure you you got your line down. Make sure this trick's dialed. Make sure you're going to be able to do this on that trick and back it up with this one. So you have to put those pieces together for the competition side of things right and and then even go to the summer when we're going up to ride at big bear or he'll go with cole and vaughn to ride it yeah uh, big bear or whatever and and i'm not going like they want to go up there they just want to ride the park side you know they want to go they want to do the jumps and they want to hang out and they want to whatever he always would have he had to do five ten ply runs top to bottom like full well, you're doing Hard homework. Runs. You're doing what you so, would give to your yeah. moto guys. You're telling him what yeah, he needs to so do. Yeah, so he would go, and as long as he did that and got it done, like I know he's trying to complete that course. Yeah. And it's easy to do the bottom stuff if you stop and take a break and you're not tired, but try to do the bottom sections the way you need to after you've already pushed the top and you're already tired. So yeah. it's always kind of been that balance, like, yeah, most of the time I'll be doing it by myself just because everyone wants to stay over on Party Wave. Yeah. But you understand that. And yeah. we were just talking about the BMX side of it, and, like, you didn't want to get on your BMX bike, but you knew mm-hmm. that you needed to, even though you might have got mad, but you you knew it was part of the training, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, that's good. So, Ryder, what's your favorite trick on a BMX bike that you do? Cannonball. Cannonball? I'm not familiar with cannonball. Yeah, what's a cannonball? Uh, do we so have a video th- of this? Yeah, yeah I'll videos. show you. All right, you got to give me one so we can put it on the on the Facebook and Instagram so that way people can see what a cannonball is. Yeah, you just throw the bike forward, catch the seat, and bring it back. Okay. Okay. So it's basically nothing, and you just throw the bike forward. And okay. So you're not touching the bike at the all, bike. and you then you have to regret. Seat, oh, man. And then you pull the bike back. Double your T-bog, no footer. Okay. <laughs> kind of. There you go. <clears throat> nice. Okay. How about you, RL? What's your favorite trick on a bike? Uh... Favorite trick that I can do or yeah, that I like no, to watch? Fa- fa- favorite, <laughs> favorite one that you can do or, or let's go with, with the, the... Let's go with both. Yeah. Um, well, my go-to is uh, like I'll just do a backflip. Okay. Like That's seriously like the easiest, hardest trick in the world. Like it's 100% mental. Like I would way rather do a backflip than a 360 over a double because... There's so many more variables that can go wrong in a 360. Oh, because landing upside down on your head on a flip isn't <laughs> is is part of it, but, right? <laughs> but when, once you know how to do both, 
the flips just it's easier it's like it's a no-brainer really like and i get it like everybody wants to learn the flip and do this and do this or whatever but it really is like i'm gonna do backflip way before i bar spin something like bar spins are sketchy <laughs> but i like them okay but, and so what's the favorite one you like to watch i don't know just pat <laughs> just watching pat casey ride normal every day or larry edgar like I don't know. There's something about watching somebody just hit a quarter pipe and go super high. Yeah. Like, if you watch Larry ride, you're just like, whoa. That's pretty gnarly. Sweet. Nice. All right. So, we got to where you were, you know, you're... you're you, you start, so, yeah, I start, started racing. out in moto. Yep. And uh, younger brother turns pro. So, you, you kind of become mechanic. Yeah. And uh, so, Phil had a, a pretty long... Yeah, he raced, Yeah, he raced pro for twelve years. Okay, how how long were you his mechanic in? With um, him? Briefly, um, okay. really like eighty nine. He turned pro. I did a couple of amateur nationals with him. He did a couple of supercrosses that year. I was just there to kind of help him and you know make sure everything stayed together. Um, a little bit in nineteen ninety, and then I ended up switching and and working with some friends of ours, um, Joel Albrecht. Um, Jeremy Albrecht works in the industry. Like yeah. he was JGR's team manager. He was James' mechanic. Well, his brother ended up racing, and uh, I was his mechanic when he kind of first turned pro, and had a support ride with Yamaha. <clears throat> and he ended up getting hurt that year, and I don't know why. And I was pretty new to the whole moto scene. Um, I got a phone call from Doug Dubach, who was one of Yamaha's factory riders. Yeah. To be his mechanic and i'm like sure let's go so next thing you know i'm driving a yamaha box van around never planning to be a mechanic (coughs) no not even planning and you know i ended up there and then the next year they ended up with a semi and they wanted to kind of keep every everybody got along well so this is kind of when the semi started coming in yeah and they're like well let's just keep the same team the same group everybody gets along we're going to be in closer quarters and we'll kind of see how it works, you know? So I ended up doing that. And next thing you know, I was like mechanic guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, one of the things that we do on the show is, is I, we, we do our, our first time and I'm just going to bring up my, my first time. I think that I actually met RL. I don't know if he remembers, but whatever. It was. You didn't of, make an impression on him, is that no, what No, I don't. It was. We, you know what? It was. It was after. Uh, it was at the end of the day, riding at Fogfest. Quite a few. I don't know. Eight years ago, maybe okay. something like that. And uh, of course, I knew who you were because of your your history, and I always followed Moto. I was like, I'm like the biggest Moto fan that there ever was, I think. But uh, so, you know, we met out at Fogfest and just. Uh, you know, you have this because I knew your history of you raced World Cup downhills. You you know had this history as a mechanic and a, and um, you kind of draw like oh I wonder if he's you know and you're just laid back. You're just super chill and laid back. You know and yeah. and I don't know I don't know if if uh, 
because I, I, I would see your things on social media or whatever, you know, you're doing backflips still on bikes and it's like, well, shoot, he's like my age and he's still doing this stuff. Like he must be pretty amped up, you know? And we were talking earlier um, tonight about like Kurt Voorhees, mm-hmm. you know, because like, that's what you picture is being someone like Kurt Voorhees because that's what you do yeah. and you're, you're, and I'm not. You're not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love Kurt, but yeah. But I just say it, it's we all you, love him. You, you know, it's just it's you you kind of have these things that you uh I don't know. You 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 might expect one thing and and you're, you're So you s- thought you were going to see someone arrogant and then he was really chill. Not arrogant. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that I was expecting arrogance. It's just um Well, we've met he's just we've met people like super that. Super chill. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just super chill. No, I just Easy to talk to I've, and easy yeah, to Yeah, I've just always felt like I wanted to, like, enjoy life and what I do and and do it the best that I can. Um, I work hard at what I do, you know. I give a lot of energy to, you know, my family and the guys that I work with and, you know, and the passions that I have, and that's riding bikes. And then, you know, even though we ride mountain bikes more now, like, I'm still riding my park bike and, you know, like, I've always just really liked riding and it hasn't been because like I'm like the best guy or anything like that or you know claim to be you know something I never really was I just really enjoyed it and tried to do the best I could always yeah yeah um so what's are you gonna ask them on there first what's that well you brought up your first oh okay. I know my first time I seen well I mean I had seen them out there of course giving a writer uh the crap about his about his uh his hat <laughs> yeah so that was good it was like you know that was i think was the most that we've talked mm-hmm. and then and then me and you've always said hi to each other or whatever yeah. but never really is is when they took the trip but you guys took the trip to washington and your wife looking in the van and i was like uh-oh yeah. <laughs> and then you hanging out with jay saying Oh, shrouding, you know, yeah. I'm like, what yeah, yeah. the heck is shrub? Like, first time, so I learned something from you, and you're like, see, that's it. That's it, you know. So Lolly's got to know about the shrub. You can't do that when you're racing. I know. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You got to look good. Yeah. You're not always going to win, but you can always look good. Look sick. <laughs> that's what they were telling us at the finish line at, oh, in Washington. In Port Angeles. Port Angeles. They're telling us how it looks sick to shrub at the yep. end, and I'm like, Oh my gosh! I didn't even know what that was. He's like that. Lala is shrubbing. <laughs> so these two hanging out together was hilarious at the finish. So, yeah. but that was the first time that I really like. Yeah, that was really to. yeah, because we we met in line in L.A. when we were flying to Tennessee. Yes, you're behind us. Yeah, and you were there. And nice. I'm like they must be going to Tennessee. Yeah, you got all the bike oh, bags I, and stuff. Yeah, I was already driving. Yeah. <laughs> sucker <laughs> had sucker across my that's forehead. right you didn't have the back bags because he had them he had everything we, we were we had our back bags had, yeah you guys had a pile of stuff <laughs> yeah we did man it was horrible <laughs> isn't that right. it's it's rough traveling isn't it it's like yeah i think like, um well actually aaron gwynn told me years ago he said man if you could just teach the kids how to travel they'll be successful like because they're you know everyone kind of not everyone but you know you get riders and they get to a, a certain level and it's like okay they're they're good and all this but man if you don't know how to travel you can be an absolute mess yeah you can be mm-hmm. you know mentally yeah. and you know you can just yeah. not want to be there and yeah yeah it can be real miserable and again i think i mean go back to you know all the the relationships that i have with Ryder and what he's done and what he's been able to do 
is he's been in all those situations. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of kids that are really good, but he's ridden Nitro Circus shows. He's traveled to Belgium for races. You know, he's been in the heat. You know, he's been. He's been in the airport. He's been everywhere. Yeah. Like he's been. (laughs) The kid knows how to travel. He knows how to sit in a van for 24 hours. You know, he, you know, he drove to Grands four times, you know. You know, he's he's really, you know, he's ridden in the Honda Center. Yeah. You know, halftime shows at seven years old with the crowd. He rode the KTM Challenge at eight years old. And, and it's just Anaheim, riding your Anaheim bike, too. right? Yep. So, just riding yeah. your bike. <clears throat> I mean, the first time he had a start on a motorcycle was with Monster Girls and 40,000 people. So. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. Yeah, no, know, he's just. You notice that high five right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in, you know, all these, like, high pressure high level situations you know so that when he grows older and he's in those whether it be world cup or you know crank works or you know whatever he's doing you know he's able to keep that composure and like just execute well i think part of that too is and and we can go around and around on this but is the whole common sense and what to do in situations problem solving right like he's been in enough of them to watch dad okay, this didn't show up or this isn't here. Now we got to, you improvise, right? Like you yeah. learn that. Mm-hmm. And that's not taught a lot. At, I mean, believe me, we em- I employ people. I have, and teach them how to sweep a broom, you know, move a, to be able to sweep. Like you'd be surprised how many kids don't, mm-hmm. you know? And and just like when we pulled up, you're having to move wood. You know, he was working. I seen him po- doing some pointing. He but moved he, was doing he did. He managed <laughs> but a he lot, was but driving he the cart. Come on, right? You knew where it had to get there, right? Yep. <laughs> You're like me. Like, like, how many people can we get to do this so it's done and I don't have to get as yep. dirty? But no, but it's, and that's what you're teaching them. It's real life situations. It's not like, you know, because you don't know when you're not going to be with the one time. And other than Swalto and Jared Hansen, to get themselves out of a situation, your kid would be able to do it. Because <laughs> those two are amazing at getting themselves in situations and, and out of them. <laughs> but they don't panic. That's the whole no, thing. Like, they don't panic I, and they just... They figure it out. I think Ryder would be like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. we've had some kids. Yeah. It's like, we got a flat. What do we do? Oh, my God. Like, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. my mom. <laughs> he's, ro- he's rolled into the gate at Nationals with a flat, and he just puts the front wheel over the thing, and he just, I got a flat. And he just stands there. Not a big deal until yeah. it gets handled. Yeah. Right. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's been in that situation where, you know, puts his front wheel over the gate because he has an issue with his bike. And then it takes a couple minutes to fix it, comes back in, and then wins the main event. Like, yeah, most yeah. kids would be like, <laughs> right. like kind of right. freaked out and not. Be it's able a to it's a mind thing, just yeah. like you were saying. You clear, yeah. and I'm sure you run into a lot of that. Like, minds. How many? How much percentage is the mind over? Your, everything. Yeah, right. I mean, your it's mind everything. can your yeah. mind can mess up your game, or it can mm-hmm. it can totally benefit your game, right? Yeah. Yeah. One weekend, uh, I just kept getting flats on my bike over and over again so your cruiser was, yeah right before my main i got another flat borrowed a kid's bike and shoes and then ended up getting third nice yeah you didn't let it stop you that's yeah. that's awesome it's right yeah, the kid the kid raced the the lap in front of him yeah the age group younger main oh. event <laughs> and they just grabbed his bike at the finish and ran it across the people and i had to sit there and change my shoes yeah my buddy and i did that with uh motos way back in the day he was racing we were racing different classes but he went right before me and my bike had broken and so yeah 
Like, you had to bring I, it around. I hope there's enough gas in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And True. then another oh. time I was going up, I was about to go up to race, and then uh, I had a flat on my front wheel, changed the wheel from someone else's, random person, and then I won the A main. pink one. <laughs> a little girl finished and took the wheel off. And Hey, but that's where, I mean, it's like family out there. I mean, we've helped yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you see us with our pits, and we have stuff, someone who flew in and didn't have something like like, how many times does it go back and forth, right? You know, yeah, so. we flew to Azerbaijan for the Worlds. And Cole Frederick, who was in Ryder's age group, and he's four-time world champion at this point, um, his bike didn't show up. So we let him borrow Ryder's bike so we could practice the track, you know, like. Yeah. Well, maybe, we had. Maybe we shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the, at the U- Fox U.S. Open last year, um, who was it? Loic's wheel was it? Loic's wheel? It was a couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, well, the last yeah, one. Yeah, I heard about that. Loic's wheel broke, and then we had one. So our kid on our team was so stoked to give up his wheel to Loic, right? And he was in our pits, anyways. But it was like, oh my god, like. And then he ended yeah. up winning, right? And so he was like, "It's like that's the wheel." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Coach, can I have that wheel afterwards? I'm gonna have him sign it." And it was a whole, you know. Yeah. But all right, so moto. You're doing all that mechanic. What 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 was next for you? You didn't so, say a mechanic, right? Yeah, no, I didn't. Well, did I or did I not? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I I read about you, so no. So this is I googled you. <laughs> yeah. So early '90s mechanic, um, into like '94, '95, still mechanic. Um, and I went over and I I was working for David Pingree, David Pingree. And he was riding for Pro Circuit in 1995. And he won his first Supercross that year. It was kind of an up and down year for him. But we were sitting in a hotel room. I was sitting with a a different friend in a hotel room towards the end of the Nationals. And a downhill mania race came on. And Robert Naughton Mm -hmm. was doing well Mm -hmm. at the time. And I knew him because he raced moto before. He raced with my brother. And uh, I was like, man, that looks fun. I think I could do that. But I'd never ridden mountain bikes. Like, I just rode freestyle, whatever. And uh, my friend that was with me, he's like, dude, you could do that, no problem. For sure. So at that moment, I decided I'm going to race downhill next year. I'm not I'm not working for Mitch again. <laughs> 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 and uh, I did, like, just through... You know, friends, and you know, I met Jeff Steber over at Intense, and and uh, he was very, very leery about me, you know, supplying me with bikes and things. Obviously, I'd never raced. Like I had to race expert. Yeah, you have to, no history. I had none. I had to race expert amateur stuff to petition to be pro for for 1996, and uh, I was borrowing Metzger's bike because Jeff wasn't going to give me one, but Metzger wasn't racing, and he had a Intense. So I was riding that bike, and I was winning some races here, and that's kind of when I was really good friends with Sean Palmer at the time. And he was kind of done snowboarding because that was a winter sport, and it was now mountain bike time. And uh, he went and rode mountain bikes with me one day, and he's like, dude, I'll do it too because it's in the summer. you know." So then we started riding and racing together, and you know we were – always on the podium together is the expert stuff. Right. And then we went to do a downhill mania. It was open. So you could do it as an expert. Yeah. And 
Metzger wanted to do it, so then I didn't have a bike. So then Jeff built me a bike, and he didn't want to. He had some prototype frame he built for me um, and went up there, and and uh, I did better than the whole team. I ended up getting into the round of eight, you know, from there was like 180 riders there, and, and uh, I thought Sean made it through the round of 32. I was like, dang it, he made it. And then I came down, and I made it through, and he ended up getting passed, so he didn't make it through. So after that, that was I was able to get my pro license for 96, and then Jeff's like, all right, you and Sean are the team. <laughs> you know, Sean had a box van, so then we took his motor box van and, you know, painted it all in tense colors and, you know, worked with Fox. And that's, that's awesome. kind of how Fox bike started because we started wearing moto gear and flat pedals at all these races, and people were like, what are these weirdos doing? Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, but we were doing well. Obviously, Sean did better yeah. than I did, but I didn't do terrible. Yeah. And, uh, so did you go you know, on to World Cubs? What? Did, what was? Yeah, and it was on? weird because I was like, I'm just gonna race pro, and I'm gonna do whatever races there are. So I did all the Norba stuff, you know, the first year, and and went to Mount Saint Anne, and I got a flat in qualifying. So that was a bummer. Like, my life was over at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting Life. all this energy into, you know, being a downhill rider, and I go to my first World Cup and get a flat in qualifying, and I was pretty devastated. But the Nationals went all right that year, and then I ended up on Yeti for 97, and then we did all the World Cups and everything, you know. So, And I was probably, I was like a top 15 national guy, um, top 10 here and there, but World Cups, I was like, 30 to 50, somewhere in there. But isn't that high just a different high rate? It's just, yeah. I mean, you go to World Cup and, like, well, the courses are so much different. Because oh, yeah. when you go when you go to Europe and you go to World Cup, it's only the pros. Yeah. It's only the, the elite of the elite. Right. So the courses can be ridiculous. Like, they just take ribbon and throw it down the side of the mountain, and that's where you go. Like, it's gnarly. The, the sport was changing so much at that time, too. Like, I feel like... You know, the, because everything was progressing, and I mean, it's yeah, still it was, done that so he, much. But. Yeah, and yeah, it was insane. Like that's when Jeff made the the M1, yeah, which is now like M16 and right. M29, M279. Like, right, it was the beginning of that era, and every team rode the intense M1 yeah, with yeah. their stickers on right. it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun. I mean, to be able to create and have all those memories, you know, from you know, being a mechanic sitting in a hotel room being like, I'm going to race pro next year. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, to be able to actually make that happen was was pretty cool, yeah. Are you are you setting your your son up for success to be able to do some of those courses? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like we train and ride on the, on the best stuff we have around here. Like everything that Aaron's ridden, you know, for the last 12 years is where we go and we ride and we train. Obviously, as we develop more, we're going to need to get him to – you know, up into Canada and, you know, some bigger venues. Yeah. Oh, some, yeah. You know, different things. Just he needs to be more well-rounded. Like, well, because they are different. I mean, when you're when the spectators have to use rope to pull themselves yeah. up to see the, the, the race, <laughs> yeah. you're like, yeah, I'll watch no, it from it, down Yeah, here. it's gnarly. Yeah, no, it's like, and you're going down. I know Mount St. Anne, um, Jared, that's when he had hurt his finger and wrist. And that's when Jay had told me, it's not pedaling that you don't need a fine speed on this mountain mm. it's what do you do with the speed you're given mm -hmm. you know when do you brake check when do you not brake check and i'm like it's that and then i seen in the section i was like 
ooh, I don't even know if I'd walk down this, much no, less, no, yeah. you know, yeah. hugging trees on the sideline, yeah. much less mm-hmm. go down it on your bike. You're like, ooh, okay, you're good. Yeah. You know, and so. that ended up being really being one of my favorite races. You know, one of my better World Cups was there also. So I liked the stuff that was, like, steeper, and I didn't have to because I was never really fit because I was a mechanic forever. Yeah. And a flatland rider, so <laughs> you came like, out from a button-up shirt. It's to not a like jersey. I, yeah, it's not like I was like a some road race guy that had these huge legs that you know had all this horsepower or you know trained my whole life to be a you know a cyclist or whatever. I just came from yeah changing top ends and creasing linkages. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so so you you're you started with intense and now it's kind of come full circle, right? Because rider, aren't you you're riding an intense yeah. now, right? Nice. Yeah, so that. Um, and Jeff and Jen are good people, so. Yeah, and just over the years, they've always been really, really good to me. Um, I stopped racing mountain bikes in like one. I actually was going to race in one, and I had some shoulder issues, and uh, so I wasn't able to. Um, but they had. I've always just ridden intense bikes. Like Jeff's always taking care of me with bikes, and I, that's just what I've been riding forever. And then Ryder got on hyper when he was nine to race bmx but he was on an 18 inch freestyle bike so they did a couple of custom frames but the intent was to move him to the mountain bike side as he got older as their mountain bike program developed Mm -hmm. so riders we were pretty tied in with hyper all the way up until um just the middle of this this uh mountain bike season and things changed at Hyper a bit, and the, the development on the mountain bike side to go to production high-end stuff wasn't happening, and and uh, we were traveling a ton, and support's key, you know, if you're definitely if you're traveling and you're training, you're putting effort. I mean, we're not weekend warriors; like we're yeah. in this to to develop and you're in and, it to win it. And, you're there, right? And create an opportunity for him to to do something with his bicycle riding. And I made a phone call to to Jen and she's like well we'd like to but we don't have anything like nobody has bikes everybody knows that and then Christy LaCruz she found out I talked to her and she didn't know she was actually the one that was at KTM and got him into the KTM challenge when he was eight so they had a bit of history so she's like well let's see let me let me talk to the people around here and then Jeff found out that he wanted that we wanted him to to be on the brand and he was all about it and then Aaron found out you know Ryder and Aaron have a good history and he wanted to happen so everybody there was like on board and uh so they got with Chappie in the back and and he found two frames that they were able to build up and within it was literally like three days we switched bikes over and he was on an intense nice awesome yeah pretty good feeling right <laughs> so Ryder just put some peanuts in his mouth so we're uh <laughs> he, he moved the microphone away <laughs> so, so we told him you hear it chew so this, here we go <laughs> so Ryder as uh as you look forward to to what you're going to do on the mountain bike um racing world cups maybe eventually okay <laughs> Wrong pipe? Yeah. All right. 
Lola's about to blow. <laughs> so, anyhow, as you're looking forward to, to what you're going to do on mountain bikes, so as you look forward to racing World Cups eventually, that's the plan, right? Yep. Okay. Steep, tight, gnarly rocks and roots or more wide open and fast? Which What do you prefer? Uh... I prefer just a mix of both, just really steep and really fast. Okay. All right. I love the roots too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you had the opportunity to to ride or race in some wet roots? Uh yeah, Tennessee. There's a few roots out there, and then uh a little bit in Washington, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Washington Port Angeles isn't necessarily known for how gnarly it is, but they do have it's the Northwest, so yeah. they they have some some wet stuff there. Oh, we've been in some muddy races there. Yeah, um, we have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this year was great. Yeah, the years before I that, I crashed my sight lap because it was uh, Cause it I hit was a root and washed out. <laughs> hit a tree. Oh, <laughs> my helmet was like over here. Oh, oh, we've we've walked away from there like you literally had to hose the clothing down before you can wash it. Yeah. Because the mud is so yeah. things we don't have in Southern California, right? Oh yeah, oh I know. <laughs> like, yeah. That's well, where you know that's where like I always talk like he's been very very successful with his you know mountain biking so far. He has been on the podium every time he's raced, and I keep telling mom we're going to have a there's going to be a bad race at some point. Like oh yeah, there's going to be mechanicals that you can't finish. There's going to be crashes like. There has All been. these things are coming. We've had a couple of mechanicals. He's been able to, you know, keep the bike rolling and pump and work his way yeah. through it and, you know, still end up with a good position. But it's coming. I mean, there's going to be yeah. that that one where you're like looking at your watch. Okay, where's he at? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and having the team with us, like, I always hated knowing what the courses were first. Because, like, oh, my God, did they make it down this? Did they get, you know, because you, you see it all, right? I'll mm-hmm. usually watch what the course looked like afterwards, like, on somebody's GoPro. Yeah. And now I know what a lot of them look like because I've been there watching and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing you can always remember, and I'm sure Dad will, is you can win all the races, you can lose all of them. It's how your sportsmanship is afterwards. Yeah. I mean, we've had, you know, because you never know besides Dad who, you know, Who's watching you? Because a lot of times, I mean, me being in the industry, I know a lot of the back-end people, and I would see at races, like, that's the guy who is for Specialized, or that one does for Giant, or, you know, and so you never know who the normal average Joe in sweatpants watching a race is, right? Mm -hmm. And so to see, you know, like, as mad as you may get because you didn't win or didn't go your way, always remember that because you never know. Who your yeah. next ride's going to be with, and yeah. who's watching you? Yeah. So you all end. Or what position that, that person's going to be in at that at that That's company, a yeah, yeah. different company yeah. or something? Exactly. Yeah. Especially like you never know who's going to be your boss, your your team mechanic, or your next manager of the team you're going to yeah. be on, and so you never you never talk crap, and you you just roll with the punches, and you because mm-hmm. because that's the difference of your next World Cup ride, yeah. or yeah, you know, and I sometimes mean, it's hard. I mean. It, I, I think it's okay to show frustration. Oh yeah, to an extent, but but you fit, but not a but not a fit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. It was uh, no, it always there depends. Was a lot of that in BMX. There's yeah. Oh yeah, I was in the BMX. If, if you're going to throw a fit, there is a time and a place for it, but 
You throw it's in your not, hel- you, you throw it's in not your, every time. You no. throw in your helmet at the end of the finish race because you're mad? Like, no. Well, if you're Sean Palmer, that just happened if he just didn't have a good run. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's what made him him. Yeah. Right. So, but, again, I don't think that's Ryder's demeanor, no. and that wouldn't work for him. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. No, exactly. There right. is, there uh, is like a time and place. I liked hearing uh, A. Ray. He, he was talking on Swap Moto a few weeks ago. And he shared this story about when he came in as a kid and he threw his gloves down and his dad like grabbed him by the ear or something like put a, pulled him in the yeah, truck and he's yeah. like, you never do that. And mm-hmm. Dad, it's just my gloves. It wasn't a, I don't yeah. care. I yeah, paid I for those care. gloves. Yeah. yeah, it was They're more, and gloves. you didn't even pay yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we, you could even go back like, like Ricky Carmichael's first year on the 250 in Supercross. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of crashes. And the year did not go the way that he had planned. And I think Kawasaki replaced a lot of cabinets in that truck from helmet damage. Mm. <laughs> but at least it was so, in the truck and yeah, not outside. Yeah. 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 That's that's the difference. And mm-hmm. and not only that, you know, and you know this. I mean, who did your kid look up to? Like, you know, when he was out these tracks, like even now, like, you know, you're lucky enough to ride with Aaron, right? Like mm-hmm. where some people in this world's like, Oh my God, that's Aaron Gwen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's from here, so you know, I don't want to say he's your average Joe because he's not. He's definitely an amazing writer, and I love him to death. But you never know what kid is going to look up to you like that. Yeah. The first time you give an autograph, the ter- first time, you yeah. know, and that's what's. It's like, whoa, this. I'm just an average person. I'm just writing, right? You're doing what you love. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the part. You know, that's like, and I think that's kind of what you were saying earlier, like at Fogfest with him, it's like, here's this guy who's done all this. Right. And yeah. you're a total average Joe out right. there yeah. talking and hanging with everyone. Like, right. it's cool. Even like sitting here doing this, like, you yeah. know, you didn't have to do this with us, but it's like, okay, cool. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. So going back to Ryder, cause he's, you know, he's the future. Like we're. We're, we're, we're has-beens. We're the, we're the past. <laughs> I never got. I never got. Wait a minute. I never got started. I just I mean, looked at going slow. If, you're, if there's a ghost of Christmas past, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I just get excited, you know, because running the team and stuff. I get excited about the kids coming into the sport and where the right. sport where the sports and headed. it's huge right now. It is. It, it when like I, to go to Sea Otter and Ryder had 96 riders in class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like unheard of. That's like, crazy. Yeah. So Jay race. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you. It's like he did the enduro, uh-huh. and mind you, fifty to fifty nine. Okay, normally it's forty and up. Yeah, you know, like those groups you yeah. guys get it. Fifty to fifty nine, and there was seventy seven yeah, riders. Yeah, is that crazy? Like, like, and are they all here, or is that just somebody's? And the lady at the thing, she goes, "Oh no, they're checked in." I'm like, "No." She goes, "There was eighty seven that was registered. Only ten of you guys didn't show up." I'm like, "Yeah, are you yeah. guys nuts?" Yeah. And he finished fifth, so that was pretty good. That's yeah. good. That was awesome. Yeah. And they all have really nice bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like think of how many Yeah. Oh yeah. Five how to eight thousand dollar bicycles are out there. Oh a ton. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think the sport's in a good good place for sure. It's always it's Just the funny. Demand, we were, the, we were the talk- bikes aren't there. Yeah, we were talking about so the earlier. sponsors out there, we know you guys got money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Heck yeah. T- you guys T- aren't broke now. T three race to program needs a sponsor. Yeah. You have money, you don't have product. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sponsors. <laughs> All right. You, you want to go with yeah. them? Yeah. Kenda Tires, thank you for sponsoring the program. Uh, Huck and Ride 30 is the code that you can enter on the Kenda website. H-U-C-K-N-R-I-D-E 30. 
and you can get 30% off your order of bicycle tires uh, at Kenda uh, bicycle tires.com or it's Kenda bicycles, I think.com. But yeah, go check them out. Thank you, Kenda for sponsoring the program. And, um, with that, we're going to move into a last bit of our... Well, we didn't do the first times. No, we, I mean, we, yeah, but we're, we have, uh, just a few more minutes here and, um... Well, I'd like to know what RL's doing nowadays. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second and we're going to touch briefly because he, he was actually a mechanic for probably the biggest, like most well-known household name there's been in supercross i would say for a few years right who was, mm -hmm. who were you uh wrenching for uh, mcgrath mcgrath jeremy. jeremy mcgrath so that's uh he had, he was already champion yeah right? so i knew jeremy and he was like he raced bmx when he was young yeah and i didn't really know him then but i knew he raced bmx and i was like freestyle guy and he but then he started racing motorcycles and he was racing with my brother so, like, the whole group were, were friends. You know, the Ryan Hughes, Buddy Antonez, Amig, Phil, Jeremy, you know, you, the list goes on and on. All the guys that rode together then. And then you just fast forward through all these years, and they turn pro, and some of them are more successful than the others. And obviously Jeremy did very, very well. And in 97, he left Honda after winning four Supercross championships. Then he went and rode for Suzuki. That was a year that I was racing downhill, and I wasn't mechanic anymore. Anymore, and we actually talked about me moving over to Suzuki to work for him. And just the details weren't right, you know, at the time. And I was enjoying what I was doing, and and uh, he went ahead and moved forward on the on the Suzuki, and and didn't have the stellar season that he was hoping um, for whatever reason. And then towards the end of 97, my brother was riding for Chaparral Yamaha at the time. And the team manager was Larry Brooks. And I just get a random call from Larry one night. And he's like, you want to be a mechanic again? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I have another offer with uh, Yeti to continue racing mountain bikes. He's like, what if I told you we have a guy that make him ride for us and he can win? I'm like, well, who? He's like, well, I can't tell you right now. But I figured it out and I called him back in like 10 minutes. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we're talking to him. So they put this deal together and I'd worked at Factory Yamaha when I was with Dubak in, you know, 91, 2, 3. And then I'd been friends with Larry for a long time. I'd been friends with Jeremy for a long time. And Jeremy was pretty leery about going anywhere except for Honda because he knew the infrastructure of that team was second to none, right? Yeah. And then he went to Suzuki thinking every factory team's ran the same and they just put the effort in where they need to put the effort in. And he found out that wasn't the case at that time. So he was pretty nervous because the deal was put together through Team Yamaha and Chaparral, so it was a it was a factory Yamaha bike, built by the corporation, just like the factory riders were. But Chaparral stickers under the Chaparral truck, 
So it was kind of a satellite team that was taking a factory bike from Yamaha. And then Chaparral was footing the bill for oh, well. Jeremy's salary and all these other things. But then Yamaha took care of bonuses. and So it was kind of, they all worked really well together. But I knew all three entities very, very yeah. well. So it was kind of the, you know, the link that kind of pulled the whole thing together really tight. Because Jeremy was, he was pretty nervous. But working with the Team Yamaha guys, you know, in the past, I knew. You were familiar with all of it. and The infrastructure kind of, was yeah. solid. They were Did, are you the one that reassured him of this? Yeah, we had dinner one night with Larry and and uh and uh, ended up working out really really well and we did 3 years together and you know won 3 Supercross championships and and uh and uh what was crazy is he was supposed to do outdoors but he broke a bone in his wrist with two Supercrosses to go in 98. So he didn't race the nationals. He tried. He raced the first three, and he was leading the series by 17 points when he dipped out, but he couldn't hang on, and he wanted to get his wrist fixed for Supercross the next year. So I had my summer off. <laughs> so guess where I went? <laughs> yeah. I, went I went and raced mountain bikes <laughs> in the summer, and I ended up doing the next couple seasons with Jeremy, and I raced mountain bikes in the summer because he was Supercross only. So I redid my deal with Intense and – so that was racing. eating your cake and having it too or whatever? I was like, yeah, I finished, you know, Vegas Supercross. And, you know, the next weekend I was in Big Bear for the national and then on a plane to fly over to Europe for World Cups. That's awesome. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, that is. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Troy Lee was painting my helmets with, like, gold wrenches on them because if you win a title with a rider, you get a gold wrench award or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. It was pretty cool. That's uh, awesome. All right, so so you're with McGrath, and then um, right after that, where do you end up? After McGrath, I ended up, I took a year and just, I was working on bikes out of the garage. Okay. Um, a lot of things happened in my life on the personal side, and, and uh, I ended up not working with Jeremy again. Um, there were some structural changes with his team when it went to the Bud Light, and, you know, some other things happened. And uh, doing that, I really kind of just found myself in a lot of, you know, because I was doing so many things, and it was just, you go, you're this mechanic guy, like, you're working with a rider, he's winning supercrosses, everything's great, you know, two weeks later, you're in Italy, right now, one of the biggest mountains in the world with all those friends in a completely different industry, and uh as much fun as, fun as it was and, and how cool it was, I, I kind of lost sight of really who I was and what was important at the time. And uh, so I took that next year, and, and again, like I was probably going to race mountain bikes again, but I injured my shoulder, so I was really, really sitting out. And just figured some things out, and, you know, next thing you know, um, I got a phone call from Ezra Lusk, who was leaving Honda and going to Kawasaki, and I knew all the guys at Kawasaki at the time. Well, I mean, obviously knew everybody in the industry, but I had a decent relationship with Bruce at Kawasaki, who was the team manager at the time. And between Ezra and him, we put a deal together, and I ended up at Cali for the next four years. Yeah, so you did that for four years, and then and then we're kind of we're kind of rushing through here, but 
it's kind of bringing us to to what you're yeah so what that, you continue that, to do that now. actually leads into what i'm doing now which is well training he has riders. a wife he had found his wife and he has kids and yeah yeah but yeah and he's off the grid thank you come again living in trailer <laughs> <laughs> living in our trailer about 16 acres building a compound you know yeah wife two kids buster our dog um, it was really rad by the way we're gonna put a picture of him yeah, yeah. Okay, no, so you're, you're you know, it's just been a lot. Like, we're very, very busy, you know, for 54 years old, you know. What are you doing I now? I don't sit, I don't sit around at all. So, after leaving Kawasaki, at the very, very beginning of the season in 05, I started training motocross, rider, motocross riders. And I had some amateurs I started with. About three months into that, I'm at Villapoto. And he was still an amateur, but he just signed a deal with Pro Circuit for the, for 06, I guess it was. And we did a deal to finish his amateur stuff. And if they were happy with what was going on, then we would continue it. And we ended up going halfway through 09. And and through that, I was working with like Nick Way and helping him. And he ended up with a bunch of podiums and top privateer stuff. And then I worked with Jake Weimer. Um, he ended up getting a Supercross championship. I did three motocross and nations with Ryan. I did one with Jake Weimer. USA won all those. So there's been a lot of really, really cool things along the way. You know, moved into a position to train the team for Rockstar Suzuki with Jason Anderson and Blake Wharton. Um, had some success with those guys. And then after that, I kind of started more or less like working with some more amateurs, still doing some pro guys. Um, um, in 2011, Jake Weimer left. He moved to Florida, worked with Alden for a couple of years, and then he came back, and I worked with him, you know, as he finished up his racing career, basically. And now I'm I'm working with I've, – I've been working with amateurs, but now those amateurs are now becoming pro, so now I'm yeah. back kind of working with pros that are yeah. – you know, coming in and, and uh, they're writing. But you're kind of well. doing it your program. So yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's kind of, it's, I guess, for lack of a better word, it's kind of a la carte program type deal. You know, some guys I do full month to month, which is everything on, off, bike, everything. You know, schedules every week. And some guys I just do days at the track. Some guys I just do off the bike training. Um, I work with a, a rider in Texas that, it's an email program, and, and uh, we talk pretty much daily and uh, monitor, you know, his heart rate and where he's at. And, you know, he's starting to send video now so we can start picking apart some of the things with his riding. So when he's out here in December, we have an idea of what we're really going to tackle, you know, on the bike. Right. So staying busy, keeping it fun. Um, that frees you up to be able to do stuff. Doing more of the... Yeah, doing more of the, like, more flexible stuff with the riders. It allows me time to take rider riding and take him to his races. And, you know, we did 14 or 15 mountain bike races this year. And, you know, you got to take time off to do all those. So, yeah. Um, well, I hear mom is shuttle, shuttle person sometimes, too. Yep. Right? yep. Mom shuttles. She's actually going to shuttle us a little bit tomorrow afternoon. Um, we're going to do some runs up in Idlewild and... I'll actually get to ride this time. Nice. All right, so. Ryder, are you faster than Dad on the mountain bike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. And, 
and you know, and if you flash back to when he first got on, you know, one of the first places we went and rode was Crestline, and he didn't know how to modulate brakes, so yeah. he would just skid and go straight into the tree or whatever, whatever was there. You know, riding in SoCal, you understand that, like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's loose and blown out, and when you hit the brakes, you have to, you can't skid or you pick up speed, and uh, he picked up really quick, like, literally within like five or six rides, he was riding really good yeah to the point where it was like all right and now like now it's i mean wait for you at the bottom yeah like now that's what jay says he starts with the kids but he doesn't see <coughs> no. them after they start now we ride together and like i followed him out at port angeles and in three corners i couldn't even see him anymore yeah. you know just we rode intense trail last week and you know i would take off through the first little corners and next thing you know he jumps over this rut that i'm going around and he's just gone yeah do you feel bad no <laughs> <laughs> you're doing what you're supposed to yeah do. he he yeah. better he better be doing that so yeah. no that's awesome though i think it's i think it's great to like get a little bit of both worlds so mm -hmm. i mean i i would dig it if i was you writer for sure mm -hmm. you know i know it's dad and he's the cool factor but then it's also somebody who's there to be like nerd let me show you what's up <laughs> yeah right that that's always at least you can always bet them right like all right beat me down this and and i'll do this you know mm -hmm. well and the crazy thing like on his freestyle side um he has more tricks now but his trick list was basically mine growing up so when he was growing up he was learning everything that i did you know so he did the same tricks yeah until you know obviously now, now he's like, got a bigger bag of tricks his trick list has exceeded well they have better mine. equipment too let's get let's be real well right? yeah well, i didn't have an airbag to learn anything on when i was growing right up. it was like <laughs> out the mattress <laughs> it was like it was like land on concrete or wood yeah and deal with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> the consequence of if you didn't land it right yeah learning 540s was very painful when i learned them yeah i bet well, your body has to anymore like it's not that bad for these guys to learn stuff but so, i'm glad right you know yeah. I've, I've talked to deegan about it and He's stoked that the kids have, you know, controlled environments to learn right. things in. You know, yeah. like, you know, it's going to well, save. Because you guys know what it took to get to where you yeah, were with yeah. not and I mean, that. and look how many people are, like, yeah. seriously injured. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, from what we've done growing up. So, yeah. So, Ryder, uh, the the training that your dad does with all the, the other athletes and stuff, how much of that program do you get in on? Mm, once in a while, like half. Yeah. So, um, he'll do a... Uh, a lot of the gym stuff, um, some of our stuff that I do with Ryder for, like, cardio, like, intensity stuff, a lot of the motor guys don't do that level of intensity. Yeah. And if they do, it's it's brief. Yeah. You know, it's only, you know, certain times. Yeah. But the motor guys, they got to do a lot more base yeah. training, which is longer, low heart rate, yeah. teaching their body to burn fat. Like, he'll get into that stuff later. Yeah. But... Anything he does on a bicycle right now is like it's it's fast high twitch, intensity, high yeah. intensity. You know, max heart rate. Trying to focus when you're cross-eyed, right. like right. you know, full-on sprints on the rower. Yeah. You know. So he told me he says he was doing some. Uh, he does some spin bike and rowing and so, so standing four like days a week. standing no resistance sprints on spin bike. You know, just making sure the RPMs are good with a control. You know, so yeah. Which a moto guy doesn't need. Right. They right. don't need. They don't need to make circles. Right. Right. <laughs> they got pegs. Yeah. 
They have throttles when all mm-hmm. it fails, right? Yeah. Cheaters. That's, that's, well, that's what A-Ray says. He won't come ride with us. He goes, I ain't doing that. You guys are gnarly. No, he rides good. No, but he says he won't. Like I told him to come to Sea Otter. I'm like, come out here and have, you'd have fun. And he goes, I ain't doing what you guys do. You guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I go, yeah. You, he goes, I'm used to having a throttle. I said, oh, to get you out of trouble. He's like, yeah. I'll ride no, what he, I need to do. I've done. I've been on road rides with him, and he's he's pretty strong. Roadie's fine. He says it's the mountain bike. He does not want to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 But he's getting a suspension from DVO. Yeah, I know. He Heart, better be riding that thing. Heart, Heart Raft was the same though. Heart Raft yeah. was saying how how Derek Drake's gnarly, and he's like, I won't go mountain biking with him because he. Derek like, Drake is not gnarly. <laughs> yeah, and he told me that he's gnarly. <laughs> he says he goes down stuff because it's it's I guess it's skyline or whatever. He points and go and. Heart Raft's like, no, we're supposed to go up the fire road, down the fire road. Like, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. It's just yeah. funny because I'm like, yeah. And you, well, look you know. at the different levels because from my mountain bike view of Derek, he's not gnarly. Right. But from the moto view from right. Brandon, Derek's gnarly. Right. Yeah. Right, because they don't do it every day, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah and Brandon it, straight out says, I have a throttle to get my butt yeah. out of trouble. Like, but you take, the, what, 90% of the uh, the mountain bikers out there who, you know, Say that they go and ride motocross, take them to a supercross track. Yeah. Oh, be yeah. Like, oh no, yeah. this is gnarly. This is, yeah. this well, is no. gnarly. Well, let me. D- I mean, I sell bikes, right? And they're like, "Oh yeah, I love downhill." And I'm like, "Of course, our downhill is downhill." Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, okay. So you want full face?" Oh no, no, no. Like, that's their view of downhill. Because I forever I would hear, "Oh, you downhilling's easy. Like, that's the easy part. Climbing's the hard part." Like. No. Yeah, Where are you riding at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah, let me go exactly. take you down some downhill stuff and yeah. tell me how yeah. going over yeah. those rocks, you know. And Let's go to Crestline. It's all right? a matter of perspective. And that one's not even that gnarly. No. I mean, no, but you There's some sections, but yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of perspective. I like in Fontana when the XC guys like try to do a downhill race or they put part of that course oh, in, yeah. their downhill, in their XC and they're like, yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't come down in that lightweight bike either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, the bike does handle it, you it's know. It's going to break in half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's always fun. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for your time. Thanks for thank you, thank you. Thanks for the chicken and salad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would have made more, but that's all you guys can eat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, no matter where life's trails take you, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side, side down. down.